Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, product professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm your host, Maria Retan, and it is great to be here. I am so glad you could join me. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, as always, first up, a little bit I bet you didn't know about women, uh, or maybe you did. I don't know if you saw this article. I think it was out in the New York Times just the other week, but it's about a new website called Wow Oh Wow, and it launched on International Women's Day. And what's it's not so much the website, really, but it's who's contributing it to it. And, and I don't know, it reads like a list of who's who. Uh, Candace Bergen, Joni Evans, Whippy Goldberg, um, Peggy Noonan, Liz Smith. I know you guys know these names. Liz, Leslie Stahl, Marlo Thomas, Lily Tomlin. I mean, it goes on and on and on. One thing that I found interesting is all these women um, are of a certain age, if you will. They're mature. They've obviously led very exciting and full lives, and they're not ready to stop. In fact, the reason that they launched the website is they really want to share um, their wisdom and teach the world. I thought that was just a great a great benefit of the website. And in fact, what they're going to be doing is regularly contributing to the site. And other women like you and me and our friends can actually go on and interact with them, which I think is so cool. Um, but anyway, they're calling themselves Wow Women. And you can check out the website. It's up now. It's, uh, of course, www.wowowow, just like it sounds, .com. Anyway, I thought that was just so cool. And you definitely want to check it out. It'll be very fun. Well, community women's sites, um, are really becoming this huge trend. Um, as many of us know, because we're on them all the time, um, they just keep growing and growing and growing. And in fact, it's tied with politics, according to Comscore Media Metrics. The number of unique sites to women's community sites jumped 35% this past year to almost 70 million. That's a ton. It's a ton of people out there checking out what's going on and interacting with each other and really sparking conversation about all kinds of things on these sites. And when it comes to using the Internet, uh, women are actually beginning to catch up with men in online video watching. Now, those of us in, on the agency side in public relations, all the time we're looking at ways to take our company's messages out there and maybe engage Facebook or YouTube and and this is still, while it's catching on, it's still somewhat new. Well, according to Pew Internet and American Life Study from uh, just a few months ago, 43% of women have visited a video site such as YouTube uh, that's up 27% from just a year ago. So women are starting to adopt this more and more and more. Men have been doing it for quite some time, but women are starting to catch up. And um, speaking of boomer women, I saw a piece of information from Casual Games Association. Pretty interesting. 
I didn't know this. Uh, this was really surprising to me. But women 55 to 64 prefer television, but second is casual gaming. Casual gaming. Who knew? They're, they're playing free web-based games. Uh, they prefer it over reading newspapers or magazines or watching DVDs, listening to music, even talking on the phone. So, you know what you can do? You can tell your best friend, if she's a boomer woman, that what the best uh, casual game is out there, I guess. I have had no idea that was so hot. Well, as always, we have a purse profile to share with you, and today it's the Dior Diva. Um, we've been talking a little bit about boomer women um, so far today, and I thought we'd keep up with the theme. Um, our focus is on a very niche segment, though, of boomer women. There's only a million of these women. She's in her early 60s, a third are grandparents, and actually they make a lot of money. Um, median household income is $165,000. Yes, they do have second homes. They are very confident financially. They're very happy and optimistic. They love to entertain. They, they check out the arts and entertainment. Um, they're juggling multiple tasks. These aren't women who are retired knitting booties. They're out there enjoying life. Um, so when, to support that lifestyle and to support their curiosity, um, you know, they're spending that money. They don't have a problem with it. They're shopping at Ethan Allen, Williams-Sonoma. They're buying wine and spirits. Um, they're purchasing um, at department stores and specialty shops such as Chico's and Ann Taylor and Neiman Marcus, and they love their cars. They love their luxury vehicles like Mercedes, Audi, Lexus, and Porsche, and their beauty products because what mature woman doesn't love her beauty products? Um, Estee Lauder and Dove are big hits with them. So if you're a marketer out there, how do you connect with the Dior Diva? Well, We've already been talking. These ladies are online. They're casual gaming people, remember? But they're also checking out travel and business sites like MarketWatch, Orbitz, and Travelocity. They're watching network programming like the rest of the world, like Grey's Anatomy and Boston Legal and Antique Roadshow. And they're big movie buffs, Turner Classic Television, Hallmark Channel, reading magazines that support their lifestyle. Remember, they love to cook. They love to travel. So they're reading Bon Appetit, Gourmet, Condé Nast Traveler, El Decor. So, uh, again, these are women that have a lot of disposable income. Uh, they have a lot of time on their hands, but they're, they're spending their time in fascinating ways, and it's supporting their lifestyle. So they, they do have that disposable income, um, so you're going to want to connect with her. Well, my guest for this program today knows something about women and knows something about PR, I might say. It's Doug Spong, founder and president of Carmichael Lynch Spong, a public relations agency based in Minneapolis with offices in New York, Denver, Boston, San Francisco, and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I should also mention he's my boss. Might as well be, you know, totally out there and let you know he's my boss. Uh, and that's just not the reason he's on the show. No, we're going to be talking about the power of public relations today and how it's more important than ever and how you can incorporate PR to reach the powerful demographic, the woman. So stick around. More Purse Strings is on the way when we come back. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2008 Web Marketing Awards. The Web Marketing Awards recognizes the best websites from nearly 100 industries. 
Web Marketing Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and a press release from PR Web. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Hurry, deadline for entries is May 31st, 2008. It's the Web Marketing Association's 12th Annual International Web Marketing Awards. Go to www.webaward.org. Sign up today. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Life Tips. Tim Ash, the author of the fabulous new book, Landing Page Optimization. One huge component of online marketing is, of course, driving traffic to your website or landing page. There are hundreds of experts in the area and thousands of people that do it hands-on every day, and there's not a lot of efficiency to be squeezed out of that. Landing page testing, and the reason that I wrote this book, where it gets a little harder, but also there's huge financial gains to be captured. Life Tips, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel only on webmasterradio.fm find webmaster radio now on facebook myspace and twitter add us today from the webmasterradio.fm homepage her strings is back with the inside track on today's woman here's your host maria retan Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm joined today by Doug Spong, president of Carmichael Lynch Spong. Doug is the founding member and four-year director of Council of Public Relations Firms, the three-year treasurer of Council of P- uh, Public Relations Firms, and past president of the 500-member Minnesota chapter of PRSA, and, of course, founder of Carmichael Lynch Spong PR agency. Doug, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Maria. It's great to be with you. Well, it's always good to see you, Doug, and I should say for the listeners out there that I see Doug every day. I have the pleasure because I get to work with Doug, and we get to talk a lot about public relations and how to implement it for our clients, and I know we talk a lot about this too, Doug, about how PR has really made a rebound from what had been somewhat of a slowdown uh, right after 9-11, and in fact, we've been talking about this trend of companies shifting their funds from traditional advertising to public relations. And I would love for you to share with the folks out there why you think that is. Well, you know, first of all, as you said, Maria, public relations is uh, a very fast-growing discipline. In fact, if you look at the uh, marketing disciplines of advertising, direct response, uh, digital or interactive today, uh, public relations actually ranks among the fastest-growing of the disciplines, and it has for the past 15 or 17 years. And as you said, uh, in 2001, 02, and 03, 
the industry had a little bit of a pause, uh, both because of the economy and, and of course, the you know the side effect of, of 9/11. But the industry jumped back on its growth path again the last few years, and the reason for that I, th- I think it's really kind of twofold. First of all, when you look at uh, traditional advertising, it is very much up until recently with interactive advertising is pretty much a one-way communications. It's an advertiser who is placing a print ad or a 30-second TV spot or outdoor to tap a consumer at some point. But there's really, you know, up until recently, there wasn't uh, any way for that consumer to kind of, you know, ping it back in in terms of having a two-way dialogue. Public relations, on the other hand, has historically been all about two-way communications, whether it's it's a public relations practitioner interacting with a reporter who's going to share information on uh, in a daily newspaper on a broadcast program. And, of course, television and, and print have always offered for more information, whether it was a toll-free number or, again, recently because of, of, of the Internet offering, a, offering up a web address. The second thing is that public relations, the core of PR, has always been around stimulating third-party endorsers and word-of-mouth recommendation. And when you look at, uh, in the research firm of Yankelovich, um, takes a look every year at public opinion and where do consumers extract their opinions from. Uh, but the, you know, historically, there's been this heavy emphasis on third-party experts or third-party endorsers. You know, in, in the case of healthcare, it might be a physician or a nurse practitioner. In the case of money, you're usually talking about a financial planner or an economist. But more and more recently, uh, the, the trust for recommendation hasn't come always from third-party endorsers or experts, but more people like you and I. They might be neighbors, they might be family members, they might be friends, but they're, they're people like us. And it, it has become the number one most trusted source for where people not only get their information, but what brands do they trust and, and recommend. So public relations has always been about tapping into both third-party endorsers as well as stimulating Uh, that word of mouth. And I know, too, that a lot of marketing VPs, CMOs, are certainly coming to appreciate that more and more and more. But do you think that C-suite executives really understand what PR can do for their businesses? Do you think we're reaching all the way to the the top of the top there? I'll tell you, based on on the clients that we represent, and and we typically work with a mid to large cap, most of them uh, publicly traded companies, and they, they tend to be... Uh, oh, either mar- number one or number two in market share in their segment. And based on, and I've been practicing now for 27 years, and, and as my wife says, when are you going to get done practicing and get, get good <laughs> at it? But I've been practicing for 27 years. And I would say, you know, that, that you're right, that marketing has, has always kind of been intrigued with public relations, and they've been investing more and more in it recently. But I think the C-suite in particular in the last decade has really – come to appreciate and invest in public relations, and for several reasons, in part because if you're the chief executive or chief operating officer of a publicly held company, you're responsible for a diversity of stakeholders. You, you may have your thousands of employees on your payroll. You've got your retail partners, your dealers, distributor network. You've got the communities in which you operate. You've got, of course, your public policy base of, of regulatory or legislative arm that, that you interact with. And being publicly held, of course, you're dealing with the street. You've got your key institutional and individual share owners, and then you've got the analysts and, and others that follow your uh, your stock. So there is, is such a diversity 
of stakeholders for an organization today that a CEO tends to think very holistically about their business. And they understand that you can't segment your messages today and say one thing to an employee base uh, in the spirit of trying to engage them or motivate them and say something different to either a customer or, or an investor base. And the idea is that in, in today's environment, you know, public relations is really the only uh, one discipline that thinks holistically about a client organization because we have so many different purchasers within a company. You might report to the CEO uh, in terms of uh, helping to integrate the vision throughout the system. You might report into a head of HR for employee engagement. You might report into the general counsel for issues management and dispute resolution. Uh, and then, of course, you're working with marketing to help you know, market existing or new goods and services for the organization. So there are so many different purchasers, and it requires uh, today's public relations practitioner to both think holistically about their organization or their client's organization, but at the same time be able to get very specialized and have a depth of skill in a very niche or narrow specialty within that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, marketing to women is one of them, I know, and especially when it comes to trying to segment even through the different segments of marketing to women. Obviously, I'm pretty prejudiced on the topic of marketing to women, um, but I'm curious what you think about women, how women consumers can be influenced by the power of PR. Do you think that PR is particularly a good way to reach this really key demographic? It's, it has proven to be and continues to be, I think, one of the, the best mediums for really reaching, uh, you know, women. And when you think about, uh, you think about certain industries that 20 years ago were historically male, uh, targeted in terms of like automotive or computers. And today, you know, the, the, the beauty of marketing today is it's no longer really about demographics. It's not about gender or an age segment or household income or education level. It's really marketers today understand that successful marketing and, and successful public relations is really about more attitudinal segmentation. So in other words, uh, let me give you an example of that. Harley-Davidson has been one of our oldest and longest standing clients. And if you look back at 10 or 12 years ago, the number of female owners of a Harley-Davidson, not riders, but actual owners, was less than 1% of their customer base. You look at Harley-Davidson today and you have over 10% of their owners are actually women. And it isn't necessarily because Harley changed its marketing and started you know, demographically going after women. What they found was that there was an attitude or an attitudinal segmentation among certain women who share in that same lifestyle that a long-standing Harley-Davidson guy owner has always had. You know, it's rooted in mm-hmm. freedom it's rooted in kind of discover America. Uh, there's a sense of individualism. Um, and, you know, there's a segment of women who share that same attitude and, and the same desire to kind of get away from, you know, the day-to-day grind and get away from, you know, the struggles of, of work and family and really enjoy that freedom and, and fun of the open road. And so it's because of that attitudinal segmentation that I think a lot of the traditional or historic brands, whether it's in automotive or it's in computers or it's in Harley-Davidson, uh, have gotten away from kind of the old school way of thinking demographically and have appealed to women for products that you would normally think are, are traditionally male domain. 
Mm-hmm. And we've seen it over and over again. I know we had, we had a, uh, I had a guest on from Best Buy that talked about that and the boom in technology and how, you know, they've really had to switch over um, and learn how women respond to salespeople and, you know, impressed listening skills and all kinds of things. They've really had to make that response to women, and they've managed to convert it very successfully um, and by really truly understanding the target that they're going after. So I think Harley's a great example of that. Well, we're yeah, going to take a quick break, Doug. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some trends in PR, the future of the profession, and a whole bunch more. So uh, stay tuned. Purse Strings will be right back. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more. I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM and... They will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart. Had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Jonathan Stefanski, who is the VP of Sales for Coop. Everyone is trying to find a way to take video and monetize it. I think what we're doing uniquely is really focusing on that aspect of it, which is video as a monetization tool as opposed to entertainment tool. But at the end of the day, we're all in business to make money and creating a platform for people that want to use video to sell um, products and services. Affiliate Marketing Insider, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the Webmasterradio.fm homepage. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. 
And we're back. You're listening to Purse Strings. I am Maria Retan, and I'm joined today by Doug Spong, founder and president of Carmichael Lynch Spong, public relations agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the power of PR and how PR can really break through to, you know, like the ultimate consumer we've been talking about, which is women, and how um, it's really been about uh, peeling back the layers of that demographic attitudinally to reach her and talk to her in a meaningful way. I know, obviously, our, this agency does a ton of work where we really reach women in a powerful way. I would love for you to share an example with the listeners about how this has really um, unfolded rather dramatically in a very successful way. Sure. Marie, I'm happy to share it. One of our best examples is, is with a client that uh, they've been a 14-year client relationship, and it's, it's a brand that I think we're all intimately familiar with from time to time, and that's a brand by the name of American Standard. Um, they, they call their business American Standard Bath and Kitchen. We know them as toilets, bidets, and uh, sinks and faucets. But it's a Centurion brand that's been around for over 100 years, and they are, uh, they are the world's largest marketer of plumbing products. Uh, if you go to Europe, you'll find them under the Ideal Standard brand. They also own uh, Porsche and Jado, a couple of designer and upscale brands. But uh, American Standard is kind of the bread and butter. They're, you know, in a sense, they're they're the Chevrolet of of uh, bath and kitchen products. And um, they're the people who actually brought the toilet indoors with uh, indoor plumbing. Now, as we, uh, as you can probably guess, women are the number one uh, purchaser of any home product, uh, and, and in particular when it comes to either a, a new construction or a remodel in a bath and kitchen. Uh, you know, the, the woman head of household, or as we know her as the gatekeeper mom, really makes those key decisions as to what brands, uh, you know, she's going to remodel her kitchen and bath with. Um, based on some great consumer insight, and I think this is part of the best part of this little story, is that American Standard and, and Carmichael and & Spong uh, a couple of years ago, had done some great consumer insight, asking people about, and particularly women, about their relationship with their toilets. And, and as I said, we're all familiar mm-hmm. with toilets. We use it several times a day. Um, and, uh, you know, we asked about the things that people love and hate about their toilets. And there was some interesting kind of discovery that came out of that. As much as you take, you know, your bath and kitchen products for granted, um, there are some things that, that people, and, and particularly consumers, hate about the toilet. One is, of course, um, the problem of uh, the fact that it, it does clog. And it requires <laughs> we all hate a, that. Yeah, that's the run little, for the plunger. <laughs> that's right, run for the plunger. Uh, you know, sometimes the you know the flapper inside the tank actually gets stuck, and you have to jiggle the handle to to get it to quit running. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a significant amount of cleanup involved when a toilet does clog and overflow. And so, American Standard had gone to their engineering staff and asked them to essentially redesign the toilet. And they literally, a toilet is really comprised of two parts. You have the tank that the water fills, and of course when you hit the handle, the tank empties of water, and it goes into the second part of the toilet, which is the bowl. And the bowl is, of course, where it removes the contents and and puts it into your sewer system or your, uh, your pipes. And uh, so American Standard designed, redesigned, not only the tank and came up with these, this concept of the Tower of Power, and it literally was, a, <laughs> it was like a plastic tower that actually filled with water, and it kind of it was like a supercharger on an engine. It kind of charged that water going down at a high rate of speed and velocity. 
Uh, they also redesigned the bowl, taking out the, t- the twists and turns and, and uh, the things that actually slowed down the flow of water. Um, so between those two, they came up with a product that they ended up branding as the American Standard Champion uh, Toilet, <laughs> uh, and champion being obvious for what it is. Now, of course, the other thing is we all have, because we have such an affinity with our bath, um, you know, there are there is a great sense of humor potty humor around, you know, the toilet <laughs> and the bath. And yeah, so, just a little. <laughs> a little bit. We ended up launching the product. Uh, 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 we did an exclusive partnership with the Home Depot because it was it was uh, a premium price product that was uh, considerably higher than the average price of a toilet. But we also felt that it offered not only some features, but more importantly, the benefits of, uh, you know, fl- we always described it as, the confidence to flush and never have to look back. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up introducing the product. We started with going after really the media that index high with our, you know, our gatekeeper mom in the household. And, and it's really long lead uh, shelter magazines. And women, when you look at what media index high with women, long lead publications are great subscribers of you know, home books, whether it's Better Homes and Gardens, uh, Southern Living, Country Home, Home, Home Style. Uh, so we, we, we targeted the long lead shelter books. We also went after cable television because uh, women typically are great watchers of cable TV, whether it's TLC, HGTV, you know, the Food Network. Uh, a lot of those programs, when you look at cable television, are really geared around that female head of household. But then, as you said, Internet usage among women is increasing. And so, you know, they're, they're great searches, uh, searchers for information online. And, of course, they're also very savvy online shoppers. And they shop for everything from health and personal care products to, you know, fashion. But they also are big shoppers online for home products. And so as we were introducing the, the Champion Toilet, we started off with this great media event in New York. And we took a a personality that was kind of on the rise at the time. And in the last uh, year or so, he's, he's of course, in, amassed enormous popularity, uh, a guy by the name of Ty Pennington. And, and, of course, you know, our listeners know Ty for being the host of ABC's Extreme Home Makeover. Well, and who time, doesn't know Ty, really, now? Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows Ty. Everybody knows Ty. But at the time, this was just uh, in advance of that show, and um, we like to think we actually kind of kick-started Ty's career a little bit. We uh, we got him when he was just a dumb contractor on TLC uh, <laughs> Trading Spaces, and uh, Ty ended up being our kind of master of ceremonies for the media event, and we held it at a high-profile location in New York. Being in New York and Broadway, we had a little kind of Broadway uh, choreographed uh act featuring some Broadway dancers and music with uh, plungers. And, of course, the plunger became kind of our symbol for uh, that confidence to flush and never have to look back. And we were looking at new ways that you could do some things with your plunger. So we launched this to the media in New York, which, of course, resulted in some great coverage in in the media that index high with our, our, our female head of household that we were going after. The second thing that we did is that we we had this partnership with the Home Depot, and we had actual American Standard employees volunteer. They they received no extra pay other than they were, they were compensated with a T-shirt that said, Ask Me About the Champion Toilet. But these employees actually volunteered to, on a weekend on their own time, 
uh, go into a Home Depot that participated in our promotion, stand in the plumbing products aisle, and actually explain to Home Depot shoppers the not only the features but more importantly the benefits of the Champion toilet. Mm, amazing. And that was a it was a very hands-on thing, and it was a way to engage that employee audience in the program. Um, and then we we ended up taking Flying Ty Pennington to a little town in in the UP of Michigan, Champion, Michigan, of course. And we had gone mm-hmm. into Champion and had taken out every odd and and old toilet that was installed there and replaced it with a Champion toilet and asked the residents of Champion, Michigan, which was a town of fewer than 300 residents, to actually log and blog about their experience with the Champion toilet. And so we, without we getting tried, too personal, I hope. Without getting <laughs> too personal. We didn't want to know too many details. <laughs> Absolutely. So we had, for instance, at the Catholic Church in Champion, Michigan, the uh, you, you, you know it wasn't the priest who actually went in and had to clean the bathroom in there. It was uh, it was the sister uh, who not only had to get out of her habit, but put on her latex gloves <laughs> and go clean up in there. So let me tell you, we have this great shot of her actually uh, folding her hands in prayer and looking up at the heavens, <laughs> thanking for the champion toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a picture. I'm imagining that one. I'm imagining her cleaning that toilet too, but I'm going to try to forget that. <laughs> Absolutely. But the you know the interesting thing is between the the media relations effort and going after the you know the print broadcast and online media that index high with women, as well as some of the event work that we did with um, going to Champion Michigan, and then we did we did a truck tour as well with the product that that went from market to market to the American Standard showrooms, but. Throughout that effort, the sell-through at Home Depot, and, and Home Depot had a six-month exclusive on the product. Uh, Home Depot sold through their allotment of product within about the first, I think it was about the first seven weeks of the uh, promotion. And uh, and we ended up helping American Standards sell through about $90 million worth of toilets wow. with, a, with a program that, let me tell you, didn't come anywhere near uh, what, you know, what, what the cost was. Uh, could have been for that program. It was, you know, it was well under a million dollars in terms of what was spent on that promotion. Now, if that doesn't tell you what the power of PR is, nothing will, right? Right. Um, you know, that that's just a great example, Doug. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that um, there's so many other examples that we could share if we had the time, but we're running out of time, unfortunately. But before we go, because um, I'd love to catch, keep you on just for one more minute, if you could look in your crystal ball, and, you know, you've been doing this, you said, for 27 years. And, uh, you know, PR really has begun just really leaps and bounds the last few years, tapping into a lot of different new mediums to, to connect with that consumer. But if you could look in your crystal ball, what do you see happening in PR over the next three to five years that's going to be new and different, just quickly? Well, I see about five things. Number one is I see consumer-generated content continuing to increase, whether it's, uh, you know, chat rooms, blogs. Uh, you know, you see these citizen bloggers who who have an avocation or a passion for a particular topic, and they start blogging on that topic, and they invite others who share in that passion to blog on it. That's going to continue, and I think that's going to become huge, and, and really PR is going to contribute to that. The second thing is is you're going to see a diversification of media. Um, you know, you're going to see not only print media, but more importantly, online media that are going to be very targeted at a very narrow and very well-defined uh, enthusiast sports or passions or activities or politics or you know points of view on everything from you know from religion to uh, uh, you know to careers. Um, 
more attitudinal segmentation. We've seen this particularly in this country as as the uh, minority populations grow in size. Hispanics now are going to be the number one minority population in this country, and their attitudinal segmentation in some ways is not very different from traditional Anglo-Saxon Americans, but on the other hand, uh, they do share some things that are unique to that population. And uh, I think that is going to be an important trend. The integration of stakeholders, as I, I referenced a little bit earlier, but but you can't really segment one message to one stakeholder group anymore. And, and, and there's such a, a transparency that really happens between an employee base, a customer base, a share owner base, where you actually get you know stakeholders who are all three of that. Um, and then finally, I think public relations overall is really going to continue to contribute to this whole permission-based marketing, where a consumer says, you know, I want only what I want when I want it, and I don't want any extraneous, you know, marketing to me. And so I think uh, between the advent of what's going on in the Internet and being able to target specifically by attitudinal segments, I do think that, that we're going to see a lot more permission-based marketing going on where consumers, when they're in a purchase mode, in consideration of a brand, and they want more information, they want uh, some buying options, they want to compare price, um, they will raise their hands virtually, of course, and they will, you know, they will allow brands to enter into their lifestyle at a time and a place that is convenient for them. Mm. It's a lot going on the next three to five years. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I'm sure there'll be some things that are going to be popping up that we, we can't even envision today. You know, who would have thought right. we would be doing what we're doing today? Doug, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show and sharing your insight. And um, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you, Maria. And to learn more about Carmichael Lynch Spong, log on to CarmichaelLynchSpong, all one word, dot com. Thanks again to George, my producer, for another great show. And join me next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be talking about women and travel, the travel industry, both for business and for pleasure. You're going to want to check it out next Tuesday. Appreciate you joining me today. Make the rest of your day a great one.